Okay. All right. We've never done this before, no. so. Um, writers on I a New England stage and NHPR presents a 10-minute writer's yeah. workshop yeah, yeah, with yeah, author yeah. Salman Rushdie. And here's your host, Virginia Prescott. Um, so what do you think is harder to write, the first sentence or the last? Oh, well, they're both difficult, but the first sentence is harder because I think the first sentence is what sets the whole book going. You know, I mean, the, Joseph Heller, you know, the author of Catch-22, used to say that all his books started with a sentence, that, that he found this sentence and he realized that it contained several hundred more sentences. Yeah, so, so with Catch-22, there's a famous sentence about you know, when the moment Yossarian saw the chaplain, he fell in love with him, and, and that's the birth of Catch Twenty Two. And so, I, I, I know what that feels like. I mean, I've had it once or twice to come up with a sentence and thinking, oh, now I know exactly how it goes. It goes like this. But yeah. do you spend a lot of time thinking about okay before you even said anything to Paige? No, but I mean, I, the first sentence quite often changes. You know, I mean, like when I, when I wrote. Midnight's Children, the original first sentence was most of what matters in our lives takes place in our absence. And I thought, okay, it's a perfectly good sentence, but it makes, it sounds too Tolstoyan, you know, and if there's one thing this book is not, it's not Anna Karenina. And, and, so, and so the sentence is still there in the book somewhere, but I buried it. I, I took it away from the beginning and found a different beginning. So are there habits that you would advise writers to engage in or to take up or to even avoid? No, I think everybody, writers are very quirky people, mm -hmm. you know, and everybody has their own habits. And some people, writers I've known, have to have a set of familiar objects around them arranged in an exact relationship to each other, you know, before they've created the magic space in which they can write. Um, and I don't do that. <laughs> What's typically in your magic space? I mean, I used to be very conservative about where I could write, that I would have to write in my particular workroom and have my books around me and so on. Um, and then, at a certain point, I just thought, that's nonsense, you've got to be able to do it wherever you are. And so now I can, I mean, I can't write on the road in, in, in times like this, because book tours are just too busy, but I mean, I can actually write anywhere now. I don't need to be in my familiar space. Well, you've been writing for a long time. Is that a yeah. discipline that took you some time? It took me some time, yeah. I, I'm a slow starter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you write as much now as you used to? No, but I write, I probably finish as much as I used to, but it goes differently. I mean, it, when I was younger, I used to write a lot more a day but it needed much, much more fixing. Um, it would need much, a lot of rewriting. Do you do that and as you go, or do you generally wait until the end? And I do it as it? I go, and then I do it again mm -hmm. at the end. But now, what happens is I write much less in a day, but it feels much closer to finished. Mm -hmm. so, so it probably takes me about the same length of time to write a book. It's just that the process is different. You know? what, what is your absolute worst distraction or easiest thing to get you off, off track? Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so do you write it all during the, um, no, the final very, season? No, it's very difficult. I mean, if the Yankees make the postseason, it's, it's, it's really complicated. If you're right, finishing a book at the same time, that's really bad for the book. 
So what do you think the most common mistake is that new writers make? I think they listen to too many people. Mm. You know? Because characteristically now, a lot of writers come out of some kind of MFA program or something, and, 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 the, and those programs encourage you to share and workshop your work and, and you know, so on. And that's, I'm sure that's a perfectly good kind of learning process, you know, but, but uh, when you're doing it, when, you know, it's when you're not at college anymore, my feeling is don't show it to too many people. Really? So you did know? you ever do that when you were a younger writer, just no. developing? No. I, I, I had this in strong instinct to hug it to myself until a point which comes when, if you're any good, you realize that you're no longer making it better. Mm. You're, you're just pushing things around and making them different. You know? And that's what I call finishing. And, and at that point... I become very interested in what other people have to say. Then I show it to people, and I want their feedback. And I do things. I do things as a result of the feedback. I mean, especially if two or three people read it and agree that the same thing is a problem, then then they're then they're right, you know. And then you have to fix it. Um, so, yeah, I think young writers these days are so trained in that collective act of reading each other's work and discussing it, and you know producing the work through this kind of workshop process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. That's fine as a learning process. It's not great as a, in my view, when you're actually writing. Are there any tools or sources or books that you would recommend consulting when no. writing? Well, I mean, I, you know, whenever I'm writing a book, I read around the book quite widely. You know, that's to say whatever the book throws up that, which could be the lyrics of a pop song or a 17th century Dutch painting or it could be anything that suddenly crops and comes into your mind uh, then you have to go and find out about it you know because the one thing I've learned is never trust your memory at such times because that's when you make mistakes if you think you know a poem so well that you can quote it without looking it up, you will misquote it. So, um, there's actually one mistake in this book which I'm going to have to fix. There's a there's a mistake. There's a yeah. There's a mistake about the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, <laughs> of is. all things. Of all things, there is. It's nothing said, sacred. No, I said I've said I've got to fix it. I confess to you the mistake that I say in the novel that that Sigourney Weaver is possessed by the supernatural being yeah. Gozer the Gozerian, but she isn't. She's possessed by Zul. Zul, who is yeah. the gatekeeper. <laughs> really, I hope people can forgive you for this. You know, it's just because I didn't check. It's one of those, exactly that thing, right. that because I thought I knew, I didn't check and therefore I got it wrong. So I'm going to have to fix it. There's all these copies already printed. So, what is the best piece of advice you ever received about writing? Nobody really gave me any advice about writing. <laughs> you just you know, figured it out. I didn't. I never, You know, I didn't grow up in a very literary environment. You know, I mean, my my family were. You know, my father was a businessman, and I mean, it wasn't a very like literary intellectual household. And I didn't. I didn't study literature at university. I mean, right, I you studied, studied history, didn't history, you? History, but I mean, I suppose the best piece of advice was something that. My old history professor at Cambridge, Arthur Hibbert, said to me about the writing of history, he said, he said, you should never write history until you can hear the people speak. 
He said, because if you don't know that, then you don't know enough about them and you can't tell their story. And, and I've since then thought of that as very good advice for how you make characters, you know, you have to think about how, how do they talk? Are they talkative? Are they taciturn? You know, how big is their vocabulary? What's their accent? Uh, you know, an accent can reveal class and it can reveal location. So one, once you answer for yourself a number of questions about, about exactly how the character speaks, you actually know quite a lot about them and, and they, they've begun to come to life. Okay, so when you started writing, you're probably using a typewriter, I'm guessing. I did, yes. Or do you, do you use pen and paper? No, I, mean, I, I, use, I write in notebooks when I'm thinking about things, you know, working things out. But when I'm actually writing, yeah, it used to be a, used to be a typewriter, and now it's obviously a computer. Any rules you follow about grammar or structure? Or oh, I'm kind of a grammar Nazi. Yeah. I am. I get I get very very annoyed by spelling mistakes, and and by um, and by ungrammatical sentences, such as you find in the work of E. L. James. <laughs> For example, <laughs> no, I, I don't remember. I'm not a great. I'm not a great scholar of the work of E. L. James. <laughs> so you must know how to spell Zool now. I do. I do with two U's. <laughs> Salman Rushdie, thank you so much. Thank you. Salman Rushdie, author of Midnight's Children, The Satanic Verses, The Ground Beneath Her Feet, and many other works. His latest is called Two Years, Eight Months, and Twenty Eight Nights. Virginia Prescott's full interview with Salman Rushdie, recorded live at the Music Hall in Portsmouth for Writers on a New England Stage, will air on NHPR's Word of Mouth October 13th. This 10-minute workshop is a presentation of New Hampshire Public Radio in partnership with the Music Hall and was produced by Taylor Quimby.